right. I want to draw your attention to verse 9 in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. It says, For it is written in the law of Moses, Thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treadeth out the corn. Doth God take care for oxen? Or saith he it altogether for our sakes? For our sakes, no doubt, this is written, that he that ploweth should plow in hope, and he that thresheth in hope should be partaker of his hope. If we have sown unto you spiritual things, is it a great thing if we shall reap your carnal things? If others be partakers of this power over you, are not we rather? Nevertheless, we have not used this power, but suffer all things, lest we should hinder the gospel of Christ. Do ye not know that they which minister about holy things live of the things of the temple, and they which wait at the altar are partakers with the altar? Even so hath the Lord ordained that they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. The title of my message tonight is Plow in Hope. Notice that phrase there, Plow in Hope. He talks about not muzzling the ox. He's saying God didn't write this just for the ox. He wrote it for our sakes, no doubt. Paul, who was someone who was preaching the gospel, who was a preacher of the gospel. And this is every pastor's favorite passage in the Bible because it's the one proving pastors should get paid. That is what he's, that's what he's teaching in this passage. And we've gone through this passage before. And I'm not going to you know, dissect everything in this passage. But I do want to point a concept out to you that I think is, is really important. And just something that I want you all to think of and understand. And really, it's, just, it's another message just kind of, of encouragement that I want to do tonight. So, uh, you know, first off, though, this concept of plowing and hope. It's not one that we're really used to because most of us in here, we have jobs where we go, we do our work, we get paid the next week or a week after. You know, you're getting paid weekly, bi-weekly. But imagine back in the day when you were farming and your payday was really not until harvest, was it? I mean, they would have to work for a long time. I mean, you're doing all that work in the spring, getting the ground ready, doing all the planting, and then after you do all those things, you know, you have to do a lot of work kind of throughout the summer and everything, just making sure everything's clear and everything's good. And then you have to wait. You have to wait and wait for these things to grow. I remember when I was a kid, my dad had planted a big garden. I planted a section wanted to have some watermelons. And it, I just didn't have patience, man. Those things didn't start growing like I thought they were supposed to. And they didn't happen very fast. And I got bored and quit taking care of it. And no watermelons ever came. And... Part of it was I didn't know what I was doing, but part of it, too, I just didn't have any patience. You know, it takes a while for things to grow. You know, if you want to plant an apple tree, you know, it's going to take some years before it grows and actually starts producing apples. But the thing is, you know, back in the day, that was how most people lived, and they would do that work, and they would have to wait, and then harvest time was the most exciting time of the year. And because that was that was harvest time, that was that was pay, not payday, but you know, I guess payday, but it was like an annual thing. So it was obviously a very exciting time because after all that work, they're finally reaping the benefits of it, and it was a very exciting thing. And when a person does work, when you're doing the job, you ought to have that expectation. That's why pretty much all of us go to work on a daily basis is because we're expecting a payday, aren't we? How many of you would not go to work at your job if you weren't getting paid? All right, you know, in all my years that I worked at the Walmart distribution center, I've always told people I do this job for the paycheck. If they ever quit paying me, I'm done. I'm not going there anymore. <laughs> and everybody's like, "Well, duh." You know, that's that's why we do the work. Okay, that's why the plumber does the work. That's why you ought to pay your bills. 
That guy that came over and he did that work, he was plowing in hope that if he does the work, he's going he's to get paid for it. He's going to be compensated. And the Apostle Paul, he was talking this about how others, they've used this same power over you. The mechanic, when he does the work, he expects to get paid. A pastor, if he's doing the work, if he's ministering spiritual things, it's not a big thing if he reaps your carnal things. That's what the Apostle Paul said. And the, uh, the Apostle Paul, he said, now, I've not used this power over you. Paul didn't do that. But at the same time, he didn't, you know, he's making it clear he could have if he wanted to. And just in case you all want to bring up the Apostle Paul on that, I'm just going to say, well, I don't want to, all right? But the Apostle Paul didn't have a wife and seven kids. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'll take the paycheck, all right? I need it. <laughs> it, it. It's definitely something that I need. And, but the, and the thing is, from the day that we started this church, it was always uh, a goal of mine. It was always the understanding. It's something I taught from day one that when the church was able to pay me, the church should pay me. I'm going to do the work. And what was I saying? I'm plowing here. I'm plowing in hope. I'm plowing, hoping that the day when the day comes where we start reaping a harvest, you know, financially speaking, you know, that I will be able to partake of that harvest. That I will, you know, don't muzzle me while I'm doing the work. Just like if you if you have a cow that's working your fields. And that cow's doing the work and he gets hungry, you shouldn't muzzle that cow so he doesn't eat some of it because you're you know, so greedy of him getting something. You know what? You ought to let him eat it. He's doing the work. And if God cares for the oxen, you better believe he cares for the preacher. It says in here that God ordained that they that preach the gospel should live of the gospel. And let me tell you something. You, know, it, you all know this, but you know, God has blessed us this year. You know, God, has, God has been blessing us to the year where sometimes I'm almost embarrassed. How much God's blessed our church, and you know, but at the same time, sometimes when I'm like, man, you know, the Lord's really doing great things, I'm almost embarrassed. But other, at the same time, I'm like, you know what? I'm not ashamed of it because let me tell you something. There has been a lot of plowing in this church for a long time. There has been a lot of work. There has been a lot of prayer. There has been a lot of time that has been put into this place. This is what we've been working towards. Since day one, and the, you know what, we're fine. You know, we're reaping a harvest, and I'm gonna enjoy it. I think that's okay. You know that. You know, most of their feasts that they did in the Old Testament was fall feasts. Why were they doing all those feasts? That was the exciting time of year when they're reaping the harvest and they're they're eating all that food. And you know, when we started the church, you know, things didn't take off as fast as I thought they were going to. You know, I was expecting to be running a hundred after the year one. You know, it didn't happen. But you know, the one thing that never changed from day one is I never stopped plowing. I thought, you know what? Well, I can't control whatever it is. I don't understand why every visitor we ever had never didn't stay here. Well, there's a few of them I understand. <laughs> but there's a lot. I was just, you know, uh, you know, I just, I'm like, man, you know, I've seen what's going on in this town. I've seen the churches that are out there. I remember, you know, we were here for a little over a year after we bought our house. Um, before we bought that house, but I remember during that first year we were living uh, in town there on Third Avenue, and we would drive by on Sunday nights this one church, that uh, River Valley Church. It had a pastor in there that admittedly struggles with homosexuality, and we would drive by there all the time on Sunday nights. You know, after having a really small crowd here, and I, we would drive by there, and we'd see the place like filled up on a Sunday night. And I'm thinking. 
are you kidding me? The homo is drawing more people than I'm drawing? Lord, what's going on here? You know, how is it that some, I mean, you know, that Shalom Assembly of Yahweh that was out on Route 40, I thought they closed down. But we outdid them Hebrew roots people, you know. I thought they closed down. They didn't close down. They went and moved out to a big place out in the country. They got a big compound out there now. It looks like a cult out there. They got all these campers out there all stay. I was showing some people things about it today. That church blew up. It took off. And, you know, and I'm, I'm seeing these things throughout the years, and it's just like, what in the world? But, you know, at the same time, while I knew what the Bible said, I was like, you know, all I can do, sometimes all we can do in life is just keep plowing. Sometimes the harvest takes a long time, and, but you know what? You just got to keep on plowing. And, you know, even when I was working 50 and 60 hours a week outside our church, you know, the philosophy we've always had is that when the church is able, it'll take care of me. What the church is able to do, it will do. And our church has always done that. Our church has always had the right mindset of that. And that because I was promoting this whole thing, you know, I'm plowing in hope. I'm doing this work because I'm hoping one of these days I will be able to get a paycheck. Now, I knew it might take a long time, but at the same time, you know, I, I did it with the intent that one of these days we will reap a harvest. And, you know, one of these days we will grow. One of these days we will outgrow this building and need to find another building. That's, that's been the goal from day one. That's been, that's been the plan. And you know what? I'm just going to admit it. It gets a little exciting when you start seeing the things are ready for harvest. When you start seeing the fruit produced. When you start seeing, you know, the crowds growing. I mean, it's a blessing. How many, I mean, we've got almost 50 people in here on a Sunday night. That's, that's pretty exciting if you ask me. It wasn't always like that. We had many services where it was either just our family, the Menezes on Sunday night, or our family. We had several services with our family and Brother Lonnie. But, you know, I always, I have always made sure every sermon I've ever preached, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, I do full outlines. I've never gone up and just winged it. I've always put in the time. I've always put in the effort. I, I, just because, you know, you got to be faithful in the little things. I'm plowing in hope. I'm going to do the work on Sunday night as though we have a full house. Even if it's almost an empty house. Why? Because I'm plowing in hope. I'm wanting God to do something. I'm wanting there to be a harvest one of these days. And I do. I believe we are seeing a harvest in our church. And I think it's okay to be excited about it. I think it's okay to enjoy it a little bit. And I just want to talk a little bit about plowing in hope. How do we plow in hope? What does that look like for you? Because while you know, I've, I've had an idea in my mind what it looks like for me and what I've wanted in my life, you know, maybe for you, you know, you're not seeking, maybe you're not seeking to be a pastor, you're seeking something else, or maybe you are. What does it look like? How do you plow in hope? Because that's what we should all be doing. We should all be plowing in hope. And you know what? You're going to have to have some patience. It's the harvest sometimes takes a while to come, but it's always going to come if you do the work. So the first thing you got to do to plow in hope, turn over to Psalms chapter 37. Psalms chapter number 37. How do we plow and hope. We need farmers in here. We need plowers in here. Figuratively or spiritually speaking. The first thing you need to do, you need to figure out what you want, and then you need to find a place to plow. That was 
blessing. All right. <laughs> find out what you want and then find a place to plow. Look what it says in verse 1. Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquities or homosexual pastors that have bigger churches than you do, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good, and so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Let me just stop here for a second, folks. I'm just going to tell you right now, I have been desiring big time for a long time to just be full time here at the church and not have a secular job. And let me tell you, we're like that close. We have a date in mind. And I'm getting really excited, all right? I'm just going to admit, I'm getting really, really excited. I've been counting how many more days I'm doing out there at Walmart, and I'm just, I'm getting, I'm getting really excited, folks. I'm just going to tell you that right now, and I might do a camp meeting uh, dance, before, you know, that, that, that first service I come here when I'm not, you know, doing another, I'm, I'm, I'm going camp meeting that night, man. I'm going to do a full-on John Dorsey dance. I'm just afraid I'm going to start looking like a camp meeting preacher after I quit that job, and I'm going to put on a whole bunch of weight. But, but yeah. listen, I have been desiring this for a long time. Why? You know, because I'm going to get rich from this. No, I'm not going to get rich from it, but because I'm going to be full-time doing the work of the Lord. That's what I want to do. And I, I enjoy pastoring this church. I enjoy the work that comes from it. And you know what? I didn't get it overnight. It wasn't just handed to me on a silver platter. It's been a lot of work. And when it comes to the desires of your heart, many times you have to wait a long time to get it. But you know what? You don't wait by sitting around doing nothing. You wait by doing something. You wait by plowing. And you know what? You find a way to enjoy it. And while there, you know, sometimes it's been tough, it's difficult, you know, I think for the most part, I have been enjoying my life in the last eight years. But I can't help but admit that I'm probably going to enjoy it a little more next year. I'm just, I'm just going to admit it right now. Well, I believe the Lord's given me the desires of my heart. Commit thy way and the Lord trust also in him. And he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light. And thy judgment as the noonday. I like that. You know, I'm, just, I'm, I'm going camp meeting tonight, folks. Or I'm, just, I'm kind of excited right now. You know, I'm thinking about some of the, you know, the attacks that we had this year in our church. I mean, you have these homos just going after us, trying to get us shut down, trying to, you know, shutting down our PayPal, trying to get our YouTube channel shut down. And what's so funny about these animals is they're bragging that they practically did it. And they have no idea that our crowd size has increased significantly since then. They have no idea that our, you know, our offerings have increased significantly since then. We're doing, I mean, we're doing great. The Lord is blessing. And it just... To me, it just shows who's right. I just saw Mr. Pumpkin, the biggest fruit on earth. He, my wife, said he, he, showed, he did a video just talking about all his mental health issues, and he's just wanting to quit because he's just got all these psychological problems. And the problem is it's just because he's a filthy reprobate, but part of the problem is because he's been messing with God's people, and God's messing with his mind. The guy is done for. The guy's miserable. The Lord's just blessing here like crazy while tormenting his mind. The guy, the, I mean, chances are that guy will commit suicide before it's over. Because that's typically what that crowd does. The percentages are very high in that crowd. Well, in the meantime, things are better than ever on our end. Why? Because it's, it's the Lord. He's, you know, he reveals these things. 
He's going to reveal it, you know, by the one who's, you know, happy, enjoying life versus the one who's wanting to kill himself and just give up and has all these, you know, God has no wife. He has no kids. He does nothing but sit around making videos, promoting atheism and perversion. You know, he literally has given his life over to the lust of his filthy, dirty flesh, and he's miserable. Mental health issues because of his just sick, twisted life. The guy lives to give himself everything his disgusting body wants, and he's not happy. Isn't that interesting the way that works? I think I find that very interesting. And you know what? I can't help but just smile when I hear stuff like that and just thank the Lord. Rest in the Lord. Wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil, for evildoers shall be cut off. But those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while on the wicked shall not be. Yea, thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of the earth. The wicked plotteth against the just, and gnasheth upon him with his teeth. The Lord shall laugh at him, for he seeth that his day is coming. You know what's going on? The Lord is laughing at our enemies right now. Well, they gnashed at me. We were, we were just looking online today. We were Googling our church name and Googling my name and stuff, and I found some stuff on it. Did you know, what was that villain thing I'm on? Yeah, I'm on Real Life Villains. I'm on a, I'm on a website, Real Life Villains. They got me on there, and, it's, and <laughs> I, I was like, what? I, I'm, I'm, I hadn't even seen a lot of this stuff, you know, and we're, we're looking at it and laughing, and, you know, and it's, it's pretty funny. Uh, you know, I Googled. My name, something came up for Tommy's pumpkin patch and all that. You know, this is all the stuff they did. I mean, what, what, what does that come from? That's just a bunch of filthy animals gnashing on me with their teeth. But at the same time, while I'm helping them, I'm helping their mental health issues. <laughs> you know, I'm doing just fine. You know, they're they're you know they're gnashing on their teeth. But you know what? The Lord's laughing, and you know what? I'm laughing with the Lord at them because their day is coming. And some of them, their days already been here. I mentioned one of the guys that was attacking us too. I mean, he's he's lost his mind so much. He's decided that he's a woman. Yeah, that, that's how messed up these people are. That's what the Lord does to our enemies. I can't think of anything worse that could ever happen to me. You know, to to think of me going out and being a woman, and I don't I don't know, think about it. I'm not going to think about it. And that's one of the reasons I'm a real-life villain, because I'm a transphobe. All right? I'll admit it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man, those people freak me out. <laughs> and I'm freaked out at the thought of ever being one. Good night. Thankful I don't have to worry about that. But the wicked have drawn out the sword and have bent their bow to cast down the poor and needy and to slay such that be of upright conversation. You know, they're going to try to take us down, but you know what? They're going to fail. And here's the thing, too. Even if the wicked succeed in taking us down, we win. If we do the right thing, we win. Even if we get killed, we win. That's what happens in Revelation. The the Antichrist overcomes them, but they overcame him, the Bible says. Why? Because they love not their lives even unto the death. So the thing is, we, we can't lose in this thing. 
We can't, as long as we're doing the right thing, we can't lose. The only way we can lose is if we just buckle, if we compromise, if we give in, if we let them have their way, if we try to appease them. That's the only way we can lose. But if we keep fighting, if we keep standing strong, we win every time. Nothing can change that. So you know what? Don't get distracted by those who are doing better. You need to figure out what you want, and you just need to, you need to start working towards it. Okay? You know, start working towards it. Start, start plowing. Don't get distracted by those who seem to be doing better. You know, there's always going to be somebody richer than you. There's always going to be somebody that's more successful than you in some area. Don't get distracted by that. You just keep doing the right thing. You keep plowing. Don't get tempted to take the shortcuts. Focus on what is coming rather than what is. And I have, I've just, I've always believed, you know, if I'm just doing the work, the Lord is going to, he's going to bless. And I've often thought, you know what, I've wondered many times, you know, Lord, maybe all my treasures are up in heaven. And I know you said that that's better, but you know, I sure would like to cash in on some of it right now on earth, (laughs) if, if, if that's okay. But you know, either, either way, we're getting a payday. Even if we don't get where one, all right? Even if I take somebody off and we split the church and, you know, all of a sudden, you know, I got to go back to working full time. You know what? As long as I'm working towards these things, I'm still going to benefit. God's still going to take care of me. It just might mean I'm getting more eternal rewards in heaven. Either way, as long as you do the right thing, you win. You will have your harvest. You just got to plow in hope. That's why we do do the work. So, Figure out what you want. Find a place to plow, but then make sure you're faithful in the little things. Look what it says in Luke chapter 16 and verse 10. It says, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much, and he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. If therefore ye have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? So make sure you are faithful in whatever it is that you are doing, no matter how small it is. Find something to do no matter how small. If your desire is to go into the ministry and to be full-time in the ministry, you know what you need to do? You need to find something in the ministry to do, and you need to be faithful to it, and you need to work hard at it and do the best you can with it. And then pray for God to increase it. Pray that God will give you a harvest one of these days. It's sad how many, and I'm telling you, this just disgusts me. It makes me sick. I am sick of these Bible colleges teaching their students that they should not take a position in a church after they graduate Bible college until they are ready to give you a full-time salary. Keith Gomez from Providence Baptist College, he sent us a letter one time. He sent them all over. It ticked off a ton of pastors, but nobody said anything because he's Keith Gomez. He sent out a letter telling pastors to stop contacting them and trying to recruit staff from their college that they're not willing to pay a full-time salary to. He said, if our guys have put in that time and they have earned their diploma, they deserve to get a full-time salary somewhere. That is a bunch of garbage right there. That is a bunch of garbage. First off, and I don't want to preach another message on this, but you know, when the Bible talks about a deacon, it says, let a deacon first be proved. They're supposed to prove themselves first. You know what that means? That means they do the work first without getting paid. You know, before you should be trusted, you know, with the papacy, you need to prove yourself in that area first. That's what the Bible teaches. You ought to be willing to do these things for a while without getting paid. And 
Folks, I've done that. I was an assistant pastor for a long time without getting paid before I did start getting paid. And I've been a pastor for a long time without getting paid before I did start getting paid. Because that's just, folks, that's just the way it is today. Folks aren't just knocking down doors just waiting to give us money. That's not the way it is. When you start a church today, you got to go out and get them. They're not running in for, here for you. And it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of time. And, I'm, and you know what makes me sick about it too? Providence, that Northwest Baptist Church and Providence Baptist College is full of young people graduates that are sitting and souring in that church doing nothing, doing absolutely nothing, waiting for someone to come along and give them a full-time salary. I wouldn't give them nothing. Anybody that has that mentality, I would not give them beans. I have no respect for someone who is not willing to live the life of a regular church member while trying to do the work of the ministry. Uh, you know, it's like these guys, they'll be faithful to church if they're getting paid for it. They'll go soul winning if they're getting paid for it. You know, let me see you do it as a church member first. And it, there are, there's a lot of guys that are out there who, yeah, they, they soul win, they do all the things because they are getting paid for it. There, there's a big difference. There's a lot of things we do that we don't like doing because we're getting paid for it, like some of our jobs. You know, that's, that's why we're doing it. We're doing it because we're getting paid for it. Nobody works in a freezer because they want to do it. I do it because I'm getting paid for it. But if I was doing it for free, there's people that I work with, too, that I'm pretty sure they would work for free. I think they love their job that much. I think they're crazy. All right. But, you know, folks, I, I prove I, I did this for a long time. Getting nothing, or hardly, any, at least hardly anything for a long time. Why? Because this is what I desire to do. This is what I, I want to do. Lord, Lord has called me to do it. And I have no respect for these people who've never done the work without getting paid. And they are, I think they're a shame. And it's no wonder that college, I mean, they are, they tur- they're not turning out hardly anything. As many years as that Bible college has been there, and as few people that they have to show for it. Most of their missionaries, they send out, they turn into trendies. After four years over there, they come back completely different than they went out and in a bad way. They've had church planners. They go out and they quit. Many of them are failing, not accomplishing anything. And if they are accomplishing anything, they're, just be, they're being lame. They're compromising. They're, it's, it's sad what they're putting out. is because they've never had any character. They've never been taught to actually do the work and how to plow in hope and how to do it with patience. They've all been expecting instant gratification. They have been taught to demand instant gratification before they do the work of the Lord. And they wonder why the people that they send out stink. That's, and, that is, and you know, Providence isn't the only college that does that kind of stuff, too. They're not the only one. They're just the one I'm the most familiar with. And I'm ashamed of it. And I wish more pastors... And that's the thing. Many pastors who got angry over that, they still send their kids there. Why? Because he's Pope Gomez. They're not going to say anything against the Pope. They're going to kiss his ring and take their young people and send them to that, send them to that stupid college. It's worthless. And I mean, the amount of money, people, churches, some of these churches are financially supporting that Bible college. They are sending that, their young people to that Bible college only for Gomez, when they graduate from that Bible college, 
to tell them to stay there until somebody's ready to give them a full-time salary. Why can't they at least let them go back to their church? And they won't physically stop them from going back to their church. They can really do that if they want to take a chance in going against the advice of the man of God. But they're good at scaring them away from that. And it, it, it's, a, it's a bunch of trash. It makes me sick. And it, it's a shame. And if they want to know why their graduates are sorry and why they stink, right there is one of the main reasons. And part of it, it's, it, it's just not a biblical institution. It's sad. Everyone and everyone should be seeking for an opportunity to prove themselves in something. Okay? You need to be seeking to prove yourself to the Lord. You should be seeking for an opportunity to prove yourself to our church. That you, you should be seeking an opportunity to prove yourself to yourself. You should be looking for that, and you've got to be faithful in the little things. If you can't do the little things, if you can't be counted on for simple, you know, a, a simple ministry in the church or a simple task in the church, why in the world would you think we would ever recommend you to be a pastor somewhere? We'd be nuts. We'd be nuts to do that. You've got to be able to prove yourself in these things. You've got to be faithful in the little things. And he's like, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not seeing much from this. I'm not getting much from it. But you know what you're doing? You are plowing. And just plow and hope. Right? You know, Lord, help me accomplish something with this. Help me do something great with this. It's, it's your chance to prove yourself. And then one of these days, you'll get that harvest. And so then the last thing you just got to make sure you do. We'll go to 7 Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. It says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Now that's, that can be good or bad. Okay? If you're sowing, look what it says. For he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. So, third thing, just don't faint. Okay? Now, if the Bible's teaching us not to faint, that must mean there's going to be some times where we want to faint. That must mean there's going to be some times where we're feeling like giving up and throwing in the towel and quitting. You're going to feel that sometimes, but you know what you just have to do? You have to keep plowing. You have to just keep on doing the work. Plowing and planting does not do a bit of good if you're not there for the harvest. You know, and I think it was, was it last year when they weren't able to harvest a lot of the corn and stuff because of you know the weather conditions that didn't allow You know, that stinks. To put in all that effort and all that time, and then they're just not... Not able to plow, and sometimes that time, you know, sometimes there are circumstances that make it difficult. I hope it doesn't happen again this year with all the rain we've been having again this fall. But uh, it, it, you know that that would be tough. But you know the re- real reason most people don't get to harvest is because they faint before the harvest. And the thing is, if you do that, man, you did you did all that work, fruit was produced, but you didn't hang around for the harvest. That's the best part. I'm sure it's exciting, you know, if you're a farmer, maybe the first time you plant that cornfield, you know, when you go and you start seeing that corn start popping up. That's probably exciting. You know, I'm sure they enjoy, I'm sure it's satisfying driving by those crops throughout the year, watching it get taller and taller, going out, walking through those fields and just looking at the corn stalks and seeing the growth. And I mean, I'm sure that's a good feeling. That's exciting. They did. They accomplished something. They did something. But you know what? If they don't ever harvest it, it doesn't do them any good. And many people today, they're doing a lot of work, but they're giving up right before the harvest. You can't do that. You've got to stick to it. You've got to hang in there for the harvest. The harvest time 
it can be the busiest season. It can be the most difficult season, but you know what? It's, I think it's probably the most exciting season, too. It's a lot of work, but boy, when you're, when you're bringing it in, I'm sure it feels good when they're watching that combine just pour all that corn into the truck. And they're seeing, they're seeing those things on the road. I, I mean, that's got to be a thrilling thing for them. And it's the same thing, too, you know, where, whatever job you have, you know, when you, you reap the harvest, you know. I know Brother West, he doesn't show houses just because he likes pe- seeing people look at houses. You know, he's hoping they're actually going to buy it because, you know, they don't, and, you know, because realtors don't get anything until a sales finalized and they can do a lot of work sometimes without getting that. And, you know, I'm sure that's, that's not fun, but you know what, if he doesn't do the plowing, if he doesn't do any showing, he's like, well, I, I don't want to do, you know, I want to be a realtor and I, I like to be a realtor. I just don't, but I don't want to show houses, you know. I just, you know, I just want to, <laughs> you know, no, that's not how it works. Well, you got to do that. You got to spend a lot of time doing that stuff. And then, you know, eventually, you know, sometimes you, you bring in a great harvest, sometimes not so much, but you know what? If you're not plowing, you won't do any harvesting. And the more you plow, the more likely, likely you are to get that harvest. So just don't faint. And you know what? I thank God for you know everyone that has been here over the years and the work that has been done and everybody doing what they can. I mean, it's 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 been great. And as we see the Lord harvest, as, as we're in this harvest season, folks, we're busier than ever. And when and when you when you get busy, it's easy to get tired. It's easy to to get vulnerable. But you know what? All we've just got to do is not faint. Just just don't faint. Just keep going. Just understand. You know that we're, you know, we're we're reaping the benefits, but we can't quit now. Let's keep on enjoying it. You know what? If now is not the time that we're growing to now start scaling back on the plowing. Ah, uh, you know, we got more people. Say, you know, it looks like we're going to get more people saved this year than last year. You know, I was joking last year when we hit a certain number. We were wanting to allow. Oh, let's just shut it down for the rest of the year. You know, we got the you know, No, we're not going to do that. You know, we're going to do. We're going to keep on plowing. You know, we're going to find out, you know, we're going to find out how we can do more. You know, now, you know, we're filling this building up. You know, we're not just going like, ah, that's good enough. We, you know, we've got a respectable crowd. You know, our church doesn't look pathetic or nothing. You know, let's just, let's just be satisfied. No, let's keep plowing. Let's keep plowing so we can see, you know, not because we're trying to be greedy, but listen, we want to do a great harvest. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to bring in a harvest. God wants us going out there. The more we do, the more we reach. Do we really want? Do, you know, do we really want to just let the other churches have the growth? Do you think they're going to be going out and giving the gospel to people? Do you think they're going to be, you know, using their money wisely like we would? Do you think they're going to do? No, they're not going to do it right. So let's, you know, we're we're going to keep on doing whatever we can. Because we want to see a great work for the Lord. So just don't faint. Most, the problem with most people today is they're just not shooting for anything. You know, they all want something, but they don't know what it is. They're like those protesters. What do we want? We don't know. When do we want it? Now. I heard some protesters doing that one time. And that is, that is the millennial generation right now. What do we want? They have no idea. But they want it right now. 
And that's a lot of people today, even in the ministry world, in the church, they're coming, man, they, they want something, but they have no idea what they want, and they want whatever they want, and they want it now. That, that's not the way it works. You need to find something, you need to shoot for it, and you got to start plowing. And you plow in hope. That many of these people, they, many people, they don't have any reason to plow in their minds. But if you don't plow, you won't get a harvest. Don't sit around waiting for a paycheck if you don't have a job. Well, this is America. I guess you know. I get, but you know what? Listen, you get a paycheck when you're not doing any work, you're not going to enjoy it. You're going to be like Mr. Pumpkin with your mental health issues. It's amazing how many people don't have jobs and have mental health, are having all these mental health problems. You know, you think if anybody was going to go crazy, it would be my wife, you know, with being married to me and having seven kids, you know, doing all the things that, that she was doing. Yet, you know, my wife regularly over the years has dealt with women who don't have husbands, you know, don't have kids to deal with, don't have jobs, aren't doing, and yet they're having like all these, and they like, she literally had a woman one time that was wanting her to come over and just sit with her because she was having all these anxiety problems. So she's like, I got a bunch of kids I got to take care of. I actually have something to get anxious about. <laughs> and yeah, she and she did. She called me up, wanted me to send my wife over to her house because she was having all these mental problems and literally started screaming. She's like not screaming at me. But just started screaming with, it was really weird. I ain't sending my wife over to your house. You're crazy. But you know, th that kind of thing is not satisfying. But you know what? It is satisfying when you do, get, the harvest is satisfying when you actually do some work. It really is. You'll actually be able to enjoy what you're doing. And you know what? Let's just keep on plowing in hope. As a church, let's plow hope. As an individual, you need to plow in hope. You need to find something. You need to delight yourself in the Lord. And you do. He'll give you the desires of your heart. And if, you, if you're not getting it right now, you know what? Just keep plowing. Just keep on plowing. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for your goodness to us. Uh, Lord, and we, I pray that you'll uh, help this message be an encouragement to everyone that's here. Help them to, uh, just to keep on plowing. Keep on doing the work. Help them not to faint. Uh, if there's one here that... Uh, maybe they don't even know what they want. Lord, help them, to, help them to figure those things out and help them to start working towards it, help them to get some goals in their life that they can work towards, and I pray you'll help them to be successful in it. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand.